Hello coaches, welcome back to the ITA College Tennis Coaches podcast. The worst professional news a college coach could ever receive is to be told that their program has been cancelled. Too many coaches have had to deal with this terrible news over the last few months. My guest today is the former head women's coach at St. Edwards, Kendall Brooks. She's here today to discuss her experience of losing her program earlier this summer. In 2018, she led the team to their highest national ranking in school history and were runners-up in their conference. However, all her efforts in bringing the team to national prominence were not considered when the program was cancelled this past May. Kendall takes listeners through this unexpected experience and provides coaches with some advice should they face a similar fate. Please know that the ITA is here to help should you suffer through a cancellation of your program. As you've seen, it is extremely difficult to reinstate a program after it has been cut. We are now witnessing athletic departments turn away large sums of money that are being offered to reinstate certain programs. It appears there are bigger things at play here other than finances. I encourage you to continue to work hard in your communities and help your program reach its full potential. If you ever need help with anything, please do not hesitate to contact me at the ITA. I hope you enjoy my conversation with Kendall Brooks. Hello, Kendall. Thanks for coming on the ITA College Tennis Coaches podcast. Hey, Dave. How are you? Thanks for having me. Yeah, yeah. I really appreciate you coming on. I know it's been a, a tough for a few months uh, for you guys. And uh, in the introduction to this podcast, I'll, I'll kind of go through uh, some of the, the, the timeline, I guess, with, with St. Edwards and, and some of your background and give some context for our, our, our listeners. So I don't really need to get into that, but I, I, I kind of want to just get straight into the questions and uh, see where it takes us, if that's okay. Yeah, sounds good. Okay, so when you accepted the position at St. Edwards, did you receive any type of indication that the program might be on shaky ground or if the athletic department were to face any economic challenges that it might be one of the first teams to be eliminated? No, definitely not. I mean, I took over the program, you know, seven years ago. And at the time, you know, athletics in general was was pretty much thriving and the enrollment at the university was growing. Um, Austin was obviously booming and, and, you know, so things felt, you know, pretty stable. Um, you know, tennis on the women's side was, was having a bit of a rebuilding process as far as roster goes, but, um, overall, you know, tennis had a pretty rich tradition at St. Ed's, you know, as long as it's been around. Um, so I would say overall, you know, no, no indication. Right. Right. So you felt like you were going into a pretty stable situation, no different to a lot of other coaches. They have some rebuilding to do sometimes. And, but financially you felt like you had a good sense of what you're getting into. So was there any point in the last few years that you started to have concerns? I wouldn't say there were necessarily any concerns, you know, of the program being, in jeopardy. Um, but I'd say there were a few concerns, you know, throughout the athletic department as a whole, you know, of feeling like there wasn't great support, you know, from an administration standpoint, um, not the athletic department, but higher than that, you know, president's mm -hmm. office, things like that. Um, we're a pretty high academic institution, you know, with a lot of accolades in that respect. And so I know we didn't feel that athletics was really appreciated, you know, to the extent that we thought we were contributing to campus. Um, so, you know, in that regard, the, the athletic department had hired a group of consultants um, to come in and do an evaluation of kind of the athletic department as a whole, you know, how things were handled from a, a hierarchy standpoint, you know, money being spent, money coming in, you know, discount rates, efficiency, et cetera, um, things like that. And so, 
originally we kind of thought that was going to be for us to find out how to improve, you know, internally. Um, but in the end, it kind of became more about how to save the university money and, you know, bring money in and things like that. And so, mm. you know, in the end, the, the report set in motion a couple of changes, you know, adding programs like esports, you know, eliminating some um, positions, increasing roster sizes were strongly suggested. And, you know, so things were changing for sure. But, you know, I wouldn't say there were any still any concerns that, you know, the program may be cut. So you didn't experience any type of budget cuts or asked to, you know, take a step back from any of your spending? Were you asked to increase roster sizes then? We were, we were asked to increase roster size, you know, eventually, you know, to try and get up to a certain number, um, you know, with an understanding that, you know, women's tennis, you know, tennis in general is, is tough as far as scholarships go, you know, to be competitive and, and to compete with a lot of other schools, you need to offer, you know, more money, um, things like that. And so, you know, it was just kind of suggested, it wasn't a hard line that was drawn, like you need to do this by this time. Mm-hmm. Um, by any means um you know i think yeah go ahead go ahead kendall sorry no that's okay i just think that you know the only really concern you know for us uh, me and esteban and the men's coach was you know our facility you know the courts were the original courts they'd had you know since forever and they'd gotten pretty bad and we'd had conversations about safety and you know where the administration was leaning towards making us practice off campus uh, you know which we really didn't want to do and and things like that and so you know we thought we may never get a new facility um but in the end you know they agreed to resurface that would you know kind of hold us over for a few years um until a new facility was actually in the plans as part of the new you know university master plan um that was rolled out Mm -hmm. to be completed over the next 10 years i guess and, and was the athletic department taking the responsibility for fundraising or, or did yourself and Estevam have any involvement or were asked to be more involved in that process? Um, we were definitely asked to be involved, um, mainly to help kind of pinpoint some, some key players that might be willing to donate. Um, but Advancement had a lot of involvement in, you know, seeking out um, donors, possible donors for that project, uh, and the university as a whole. So, mm-hmm. um, we were, it wasn't laid on our shoulders, but we were certainly asked to, to help as much as we could. Right. So, so looking back on all of that now, you know, you've had a few months to kind of digest it. And I'm sure you're still, you know, keeps you up at times mm-hmm. trying to figure it all out, but is there, was there, you know, did did the decision make more sense uh, in hindsight, or is it still just extremely confusing to you? Yeah, trust me, I've done a lot of looking back <laughs> over the past four months for sure, and you know, truly, I can't think of of any you know points or any indications that this still you know might be a possibility. You know, and I think in retrospect now, you know, the lack of support for athletics in general um, from the top. And money is, is what it really came down to. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, well, that, that kind of leads me to my next question because, uh, you know, you obviously did a, an amazing job rebuilding the program, took a, the team to the highest national ranking in 2018, named ITA South Central Coach of the Year, runners up in, in your conference. Um, so do you believe any of those accomplishments were considered when deciding to eliminate your program? I mean, does winning matter at all when it comes to these decisions in, in your opinion? 
Yeah, that was that was a good year, and we actually had a lot of success the the two years prior to being cut. Really, you know, and and the men, and as did several of the other you know four programs that were eliminated too. So, so no, obviously performance you know wasn't considered when making the decision, and and we were told that as much as well. Um, and I'm, I'm not sure in a different division that this would make a bigger difference, but you know I think in what's considered a non-revenue generating sport like tennis, it's, it's probably considered a lot less, um, mm-hmm. how well you're actually doing. Right. Right. And we'll get into to that a little. I'm, I'm interested to hear the mm-hmm. conversations you had with, with your athletic department, but can you maybe just take us through how you did find out about the bad news, your initial reaction, how you, you know, uh, shared the news with your current players, with your alumni supporters and, and what was kind of some of the response in, in the, the, the following days. Sure. Um, it was just a, a normal Tuesday scheduled staff meeting, you know, on Zoom, uh, you know, like many schools were going to, you know, once we were kind of quarantined, it's, we were having meetings once a week on, on Zoom just to get information. And, um, you know, our athletic director just came right out and stated that this was going to be a really tough day. And because of the current circumstances, some some hard decisions were having to be made. And um, it was some doom and gloom type stuff for sure. And, and I still wasn't sure what that meant. And, you know, it definitely sent a shockwave through the group. You could see it on everyone's uh, face. And, um, you know, we were sent a separate Zoom invitation. And, and 30 minutes later, uh, it was over. Um, wow. You know, so initial reaction was definitely shock. You know, I couldn't believe this was actually happening, you know, especially with zero warning at all. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you're still processing this, this season being canceled because of this virus. And now not only that, but now you'll never go back, you know, it was just crazy. So right. it seemed like a, it seemed like a knee jerk reaction at the time because, you know, it was still relatively early. Um, and I think we were one of the first, if not the first school to mm-hmm. make cuts. And it just seemed, you know, too early to make these calls with so many unknowns, you know, at the time. So, mm. so does that make you think Kendall, that this was in the works anyway, and that they were moving in this direction, this just gave them uh, an excuse to maybe speed up that timeline or what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think this was definitely uh, the easy way out. Um, and that maybe they were leaning towards, um, downsizing for sure. Um, you know, that's just speculation. I don't know that for a fact, but it, it felt that way. Mm-hmm. So, so you're, you're in this meeting, it's the athletic director and is it the four head coaches that are about to have their programs cut or is it, is it the entire athletic department or how does that, that happen? I know you're not in a room. I'm sorry. You're in, you're in a zoom call, but who, who's on that call? Uh, yeah, the the athletic director, uh, assistant AD, HR, and then the the four coaches, um, five uh, if you count cheerleading, um, and a couple of other positions were eliminated as well. Some admin and a trainer. Okay, so everybody who was about to lose their jobs or programs exactly. were basically in that. Yeah. Exactly. Wow. And okay, so you come out of that that meeting, and then what? I mean, I mean, what are the emotions you're feeling, and and what action are you taking? Who are you communicating this with? Are you even allowed to communicate it with with uh, people? You know, the supporters of the program, or can you take us through kind of how those next few hours and days look? Yeah, you know, then after the shock wore off, you know, it was definitely absolute heartbreak you know this was 
this was my baby, you know, my first head coaching job, you know, pretty much my dream job, you know, mm-hmm. seven years of blood, sweat and tears. And then boom, it was gone. So it was, it was, you know, it was a sad day. You know, I was mainly heartbroken for my players. You know, most of them were young. I had four freshmen, three sophomores and only one senior, you know, as well as three more freshmen coming in for 2020. And so, you know, they'd already bought in and had you know, started to form the bonds needed to, to take us where we needed to go. And then, you know, it was over before we even really got to get started. So, right. um, I immediately scheduled a, a zoom meeting with the whole team as fast as I could, you know, which as you can imagine with people being in different countries and time zones and mm-hmm. it, that was challenging, but, um, you know, I knew the, the university was planning to send out an email with the news to all of the student athletes. Um, but I wanted them to, to hear it from me first for sure. And so, um, it was hard. It was really hard. You know, most of them had just finished their recruiting process, uh, which we all know can sometimes be emotionally exhausting. And, you know, they'd chosen their home and their coach for what they thought was the next, you know, three, four years. And, and now what, you know, so uh, they were sad and scared and a lot of tears were shed for sure. And, you know, it was definitely one of the toughest calls I've had to make. So, yeah, I can, I can but after imagine. that, you know, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Once, once the news got out, you know, my phone was blowing up and, you know, texts and calls, inbox was flooded, you know, with emails, whether it be from former players or colleagues or, you know, other coaches and, um, you know, the coaches of the, of the programs that were cut, you know, at St. Edwards, you know, really came together to try to, you know, support each other, but to see if we could get some answers and see if there was anything we could do, mm-hmm. um, and then, you know, several of the, the more involved alumni really stepped up to the plate and asked how they could help get involved. And we arranged um, meetings with the administration and with advancement and other alumni from other sports. And, you know, I mean, we just went to work over the next month, you know, to kind of try and save ourselves. Um, and ultimately, uh, go ahead. Well, I'm just, yeah, if, if you can expand upon that a little bit more, I mean, what were the, the athletic department open to it? Do, do you think they were just kind of, um, you know, just going through the motions where, you know, what, what, you know, opportunities were they providing to you? I mean, did they give you certain financial targets you had to meet in order to reinstate the programs? How, how does that all look? Yeah, I think, you know, at first we, we didn't feel like there was much openness to try and help us to give us options. Um, obviously there were certain players that were more supportive than others, but, um, you know, ultimately we were told that if we could raise a a certain amount of money, which was a, an unrealistic amount in an unrealistic amount of time, Mm -hmm. um, especially during a pandemic, um, that we could be reinstated for two years with all the, with also the stipulation that, you know, more fundraising would have to be done during those two years, um, to eventually become endowed. And so we tried, I mean, we really did. And and we came as close as we could, but you know, in the end it, it wasn't enough, um, in the amount of time they gave us. So, right. Right. So they were kind of paying lip service to it, but not really giving you realistic targets. Uh, so it was, it was purely uh, from a financial perspective. I mean, there was, you know, this is, I think what coaches are really in, interested to hear. I mean, if, if say, 
you know, the athletic department had brought you back, um, you know, fall of, of, uh, you know, the previous year, you're getting ready to start, you know, with, with the team. And if they had sat you down and said, Hey, you know, we're, we're, you know, uh, considering cutting the, the tennis programs and, and this is why, you know, what, what could have been done during that time? Do you believe? I mean, if you had more time, you know, would it again have been purely raising money? Would have just been coming up with, uh, you know, extrapolating out over the next several years, kind of maybe reducing scholarships for a few years, adding roster spots, um, you know, adding programming to your courts, whatever it is. I mean, I'm assuming they're they're if you given more time, more solutions could, could have been found, but that didn't happen. But if you had been given that time, I guess what I'm a question, a long winded question here, Kendall, <laughs> that I'm trying to get to, if, if an administrator did sit down with a coach and, and gave them more, more, uh, lead time as to a decision that could potentially be coming in your view, what are some of those solutions and, and what could coaches be doing? And how much time would they potentially need? It's a, a tough question, but you you sat in that chair a little bit. Yeah, I think you know, Stevam and I thought there were a lot of solutions that you know were not considered that we would have been happy to try. You know, yeah, if they would have come to us a year, two years before, and you know, said, "Hey, this is a possibility." You know, looking at being cut. You know, we need to do this. We need to do that. You know. I think that there were a lot of things we would have been willing, I mean, from taking a salary cut, you know, budget cuts, you know, restricting travel a bit more for non-conference matches, um, you know, we would have been willing to lose a, a scholarship or two or even played without scholarships for a few years. I mean, now looking back, you know, I would have rather had my program and found a way to make it work with, you know, half the amount of scholarships or even none, you know, uh, than be in the situation that I'm in now, you know, at, you know, like you said, ask to fundraise more like, Hey, we need to, you know, raise this amount in this amount of time or else, you know, we're, we're not going to be able to keep running the program, you know, or even a probationary period, you know, so right. we, we, we discussed this at length and we'll, you know, that we would have done whatever it took to keep the program afloat. But, you know, those, those options in that time frame just weren't given. Mm. And, and so what were the main reasons provided to you for the cut? I mean, did the facility issue come up at all? I mean, I guess what, why tennis? I think, you know, that's a question we still have really, but I think the main reasons that were given were basically all financial, you know, the, the effects of the virus hitting the economy, the school was having to offer refunds for housing and dining with the, the spring semester being cut, you know, the uncertainty with enrollment for the coming year, you know, that, that was why they were making the cuts. Now, why tennis or why our teams specifically were chosen, um, we were told had to do with you know, staying compliant within, you know, division two and, you know, title nine qualifications, you know, as well as continuing to carry the sports that the Lone Star Conference required, um, as well as our specific budgets and roster sizes. Um, and then, yeah, facilities, um, having to maintain or future builds or things like that, um, was also taken into account. So, mm -hmm. and so if, if you had been, um, again, given a little bit more time, um, and not even if you've been given a little bit more time now that you've had time to reflect upon it, 
you know, is there anything you would have done differently uh, in years gone by? I mean, I'm assuming you were pretty responsible with your budget. You're doing a great job with your team. Um, but I think a lot of coaches out there right now are, are sitting on the edge of their seat. They're very concerned about their, their program going away. And, you know, what, what advice would you have for them? I mean, is there anything that, that you think you could have done differently or was this inevitable? And if it wasn't inevitable, what could have been done? Mm-hmm. I can't say that I would have done anything different, uh, really, because, you know, I worked hard. I, I did what I was supposed to do. I stayed under budget. I recruited great kids and, you know, we had success. Um, so I wouldn't change anything that I did, but I think, you know, knowing what I know now and, you know, if I ever get a head coaching opportunity again, you know, I'll definitely think about things a lot differently. You know, I'll play pay closer attention to the financial side of things um and not just you know operating budgets and things like that but but the program as a whole um and decisions that are made you know regarding roster sizes and scholarship allocation etc you know Mm -hmm. just in general kind of as far as how we contribute to the university um for sure but i think kind of you know as a whole industry you know the college tennis world um you know we as a group need to change the narrative a little bit you know, as far as the stigma of being, you know, a non-revenue generating sport, you know, I think the footballs and the basketballs of the world are considered, you know, revenue generating because they sell tickets, right? But, mm-hmm. you know, I don't think that's the only way to bring in money. You know, obviously the the Power Five conferences, you know, that's a completely different situation. Um, but the rest of us, you know, the, the mid-majors, the D2s and D3s and, and AIAs, you know, we do and, and we can generate revenue you know, for the university, you know, and that's through enrollment and, and mm-hmm. tuition. And so I think that's what a lot of schools are missing when they think about, you know, sports like tennis and making these cuts, you know, students are coming to their campuses to, to play, you know, tennis. And a lot of them are on little to no scholarship, you know, or they can be, you know, so I think, you know, my advice to coaches at schools like this, um, or if there are, you know, any concerns is, you know, carry a couple more players on your roster that maybe you don't need, um, per se that, you know, are going to be full paying students. And, and you have a couple of those and, and technically you can become self-sufficient, you know, and if, if you're not making money, then you're at least, you know, breaking even after everything is, is said and done, if, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. no, it's, it's great advice. Um, so, uh, what what are you doing now, Kendall? I mean, do you have any plans to return to college tennis, or has this left uh, a bitter taste in your mouth? Uh, no, I, I love college tennis, and, <laughs> and I want nothing more than to get back into it. Um, you know, right now, like the rest of the world, I've I've been doing a whole lot of nothing. Um, <laughs> my main job, uh, you know, has been being a stay at home mom, which let me tell you is a, a lot more exhausting than coaching mm-hmm. ever was. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, once I took care of, of my current team and made sure that everyone had a place to go um, and the dust settled, you know, and I had time to kind of th- think about my next move, um, I looked at a couple of, of open coaching positions. But uh, when you have a, a new family, things become a lot more uh, challenging and, and decisions um, are made you know, not considering just yourself. And so I've got a, a nine month old baby and most of my family lives in Austin. And so we didn't want to move far from family when he's, you know, so young. And so I think, um, 
for now I've taken a job with a, a recruiting service um, called Recruiting Boost, um, trying to get the tennis side of things off the ground. It's a it's a college placement service, and um, that's allowed me to to work from home and, and stay put in Austin for a while until you know maybe the the right opportunity comes available down the road when all of this COVID stuff has has gotten uh, out of our system and there's, um, you know, more opportunities that might be a good fit for my family. So, Mm -hmm. okay. Well, it's good to hear and, and sounds like a great opportunity and I'm sure you're, you're well connected. Um, just a a couple more questions. I'm interested just in terms of your, uh, relationship with your sports, uh, sport administrator, administrator, was that, um, you know, did you report directly to the AD at St. Edwards or did you have somebody assigned to, to your program? My direct supervisor was the assistant, uh, or I guess it was associate AD. Mm-hmm. Um, so I reported directly to her. Um, some of the sports reported directly to the to the athletic director, but mm-hmm. uh, mine was to her. And I, and I had a great relationship with her. And I think that, um, you know, when it came down to it, she probably didn't have uh, as much decision making or pull in, in the final decision. And so, mm-hmm. um, but, you know, that would be more another thing that I would give advice to to other coaches is you know have an open dialogue with your with your AD and your supervisor and you know so that you can feel like there is some transparency there you know and ask the tough questions um just to maybe kind of be proactive um on that side of Right. So if, if you did go back to college coaching and let's say in 10 years, there's another pandemic, um, <laughs> would you, you know, go to your athletic director directly and, and have that conversation? I think sometimes we want to, we want to avoid it and hope that we're not noticed, but you take the tack of, of communicating directly with the AD and, and trying to get some clarity as to where your program stands in their decision making. Yeah, absolutely. I think that that's, you know, should be a, a question that's asked even in during the interview process, you know, where, where does tennis stand on, on the list of priorities, um, not only within the athletic department, but, you know, on the university and is it on solid ground? And if it isn't, you know, what are ways that I can, you know, make sure that we can be uh, of substance, you know, and how can I get involved on campus and get our team involved in the community so that maybe, you know, it might make it more challenging or, or the impact of eliminating the program much, much greater. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it, it doesn't appear that these programs that are being canceled, it doesn't appear for the most case that the ADs or associate ADs or whoever's overseeing these programs are, you know, giving the coaches a list of things that they they are expecting or need to see, whether that's increasing roster sizes or, um, you know, uh, you know, reducing scholarships, reducing budget. It, it just seems to be this axe just comes down out of nowhere and, and then coaches are, are completely on the back foot. It just, it's just, I think it's shocking to all of us. And, and it's, it's happened so much uh, over the last several months. And obviously we're very scared to see what the, the next several months and, and years bring, but it's, um, yeah. Is there any, any last bits of advice you'd have for, for coaches that are out there that are, I mean, on two sides, one that are, are going through what you've just gone through the last few months and, and how to deal with that. And then also coaches who are concerned about their programs being cut in, in the, the months to come. That's, that's tough. I mean, I think that in general, you know, when any program gets cut, it, it, it hurts all college tennis, not just, mm-hmm. you know, that 
that program, that school. I mean, I think it just, uh, you know, in the back of, of every president or decision-making uh, person on campus mind is like, oh, well, this school, you know, doesn't have tennis anymore. Do we really need it? Mm-hmm. Um, that sort of thing. And, and that, you know, has a, a trickle effect and we definitely don't want that to happen. And so I think it's, like I said, it's, it's talking about more uh, how tennis contributes to, to each and individual campus and what it really brings and, um, just trying to make ourselves seen a bit more, I think, um, you know, bringing in students that can make an impact to your campus right away. Um, and just, you know, having that open dialogue and, and feel like there's transparency, um, I think is important. Mm-hmm. So. And do you have any advice if, if somebody's program is being cut, just how to handle that from mentally, you know, and, and what helped you get through uh, those those tricky few weeks and months? And I know you're still dealing with it, but would you have any way of supporting those coaches? Yeah, I mean, there's definitely uh, ups and downs, you know, it hits you out of nowhere sometimes when you think you've, you've started to get over it. I mean, it's almost like grieving. Um, uh, for sure. But I think, uh, in the end, you know, what, what helps me get through is, is obviously my, my family, but secondly, it's the relationships that I formed as a coach, you know, my, my former players, um, and the bond that we have with all of those, you know, and all of those relationships, that's something they can't take away. And I've leaned a lot on, on those. And my players have been great about reaching out and, you know, staying connected. And I think that that's, that's why we do this job is because of the relationships. And so I think that, um, you know, I'm just, I've just, stayed thankful, you know, that I've been able to, to have those and, and know that, you know, eventually, um, hopefully I'll get to do it again and, and start that process all over again. So. Very good. And then last question, could you, could you see a world maybe in the next several years? I mean, if, if the pandemic, you know, sorts itself out, the economy gets back on track, maybe there's new leadership at at St. Edwards. I mean, could you see a world where they might reinstate tennis? I mean, is that something you're hoping for or what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I do think that it's a possibility um, in the future. I don't know whether that's the the near future or far from now, but I mean, I think a lot of things would have to to play out in order to do that. But, you know, I've had, I've had conversations um, with an alumni that's, you know, on the board and I know that they, they want to bring it back eventually when, you know, it's appropriate. Um, And so, yeah, I mean, obviously that would, I would love for that to happen. And, um, not just for the university to, to be able to have tennis, but for all the alumni that now have no, no home, you know, I mean, I think that's the saddest thing is you have years and years of players that have played there that, that are alumni and now that program doesn't even exist. And so mm-hmm. I think that that would be good for those, those players as well. But yeah, obviously uh, I would love for it to be, to be reinstated. Yeah. Okay. Well, we'll, we'll watch this space and we'll keep our fingers crossed and who knows, maybe if you hang tight there in Austin, uh, someday it will return and you'll be reinstated. That would be awesome. But, uh, I know it's been a tough time, uh, for yourself and, and I know there's a lot of other college coaches out there who've gone through something similar this summer. So, uh, if, if they want to contact you, is that okay? If they need a shoulder yeah, to cry on? 
Yeah, sure. I'm happy to happy to live in here. <laughs> yeah, thank you, Kendall. Well, look, thanks so much for coming on, sharing this story. I think it's it's very obviously very relevant at this time, and, and hopefully will make coaches think a little bit, and and uh, you know, like you said, have those conversations directly with their ads, so they're they're clear on on what they need to do or or what they could be doing, rather than um, hoping that that they're not the next to go. So um, I think we'll leave them with that. But thanks again, Kendall and, and uh, look forward to seeing you down the road at some point. Yeah, thank you. You're welcome.